Good afternoon. It is 12-28, Saturday, March 21st. Um, I would have updated this podcast earlier this morning. However, it's a Saturday and my mom let me sleep in. Um, anyways, also shout out to all of my teachers who have either mentioned the podcast or the Facebook posts or both. I see you guys and I love you all um, so much. Also, I got a 93 on my calc test and I'm really proud. But that's another thing. Anyways, (laughs) here's to the post. Not-so-brief COVID-19 update, March 21st, 7.30 a.m. I work in Maine Health's corporate headquarters in downtown Portland. Overnight, at the beginning of the week, about 300 people emptied the building. Team members, Maine Health employees, working in population health, human resources, information technology, and finances, are now for the first time working from home. Other team members worked around the clock for several days, purchasing purchasing the technology capabilities, more VPN access, laptops, to make this possible. There are still about 20 of us working in the building. We keep at least six six feet away from each other and spend most of our time in our individual offices. It's eerily quiet, and there is a sign on the outside door with large red and black print announcing the building is closed. Despite a nearly empty building and the personal distances we vigilantly maintain. In many ways, I've never felt so close to our colleagues, our care team members, and our patients. We maintain contact with the clinical and administrative leaders of our 11 hospitals through our system-wide hospital incident command system, HICS, using video conferencing, Zoom, or GoToMeeting. As this pandemic has silently crept into Maine like summer fog creeps onto our shores, it has become clear that almost every day, We as a system-wide leadership team need to make unprecedented decisions if we are to ensure we can take care of our patients, our care team members, and our communities. The discussions leading to these decisions, though not conducted in person, still bring a closeness as we we listen to colleagues from each local health system, hospital, balance the possible painful consequences and the necessities of these decisions. For instance, Earlier in the week, with encouragement from the governor and later from the president, we discussed canceling all elective admissions, procedures, and office visits. While we are a nonprofit health care, health system, the revenues that keep the lights on and provide a paycheck to our 23,000 care team members and their families are rooted in those routine healthcare encounters. But as a team, we knew if we are to make room for the expected pandemic wave, it was the right thing to do for our patients, care team members, and ultimately, for the health and safety of our communities. Given that healthcare is the largest employer in Maine and the largest employers in 10 of our 16 counties, this decision will also have consequences on the economic health of our state and nation, especially considering 17 hospitals across Maine lost money last year. Overnight, healthcare encounters that could wait a month, over half of all these encounters, were canceled. These are not unnecessary visits. These are heart valve replacements for those whose hearts are still fairly strong, colonoscopies looking for cancers and those who are at risk for cancer, and annual physical exams. But they are felt by their doctor not to be necessary during the next month. At the same time as revenues have precipitously dropped, I understand an estimated 40 to 50% across the country, our our expenses have skyrocketed. Unlike other businesses, we must stay open, and not only are we open, but our care team members are working hard to gear up for a pandemic wave. They are activating our pandemic plans using the HICS structure, moving beds and equipment to make room for pandemic patients, donning 
precious PPE, personal protective equipment, when a patient is coughing and caring for patients who arrive with urgent medical issues. And increasingly in Southern Maine, they are caring for pandemic patients. Early in the week, we had to make the decision to restrict visitors to one per, one per patient per 24 hours. Later in the week, we had to require that no visitors be allowed, with some exceptions for pediatrics, labor and delivery, and for those who are dying. Knowing how hard this would be for our patients, this was not an, er an easy decision. But as a team, we needed to discern this, making sure it was the right decision for our patients, our care team members, and our communities. <clears throat> I also know we are not alone in these challenges, and there is some modicum of comfort and closeness in realizing this. Participating in some ad hoc early morning phone calls with clinical leaders from Maine's other major health systems, Northern Light Health, Maine General Health, Central Maine Healthcare, I appreciated that we are all in the process of restricting visitors to facilities. Yesterday, we all realized that in the middle of this rising pandemic, we also needed to limit who should be tested. Collectively, we determined that while our overall supplies are adequate, we are low enough on supplies such as PPE and nasal swabs that are necessary to collect samples from patients that we need to be judicious, judicious on their use. While Maine has been fortunate to have two labs conducting tests, Maine CDC and Maine Health's Nordics lab, both have a limited supply of ingredients or kits to conduct tests. So, we made the difficult decision to focus testing on those patients for whom the result will make a difference in decisions, those who are hospitalized or who are healthcare workers. As hard as it is for patients to not know definitively if they have the infection, for the very vast majority of patients, the treatment is the same, to remain home in isolation and care for oneself as if one has the flu. And with the pandemic rising, it's very important to preserve the supplies we have. For years, there has been a constant drumbeat to cut healthcare costs and make sure our hospitals are running at or near capacity. And while I do agree with the need for cutting healthcare costs in this country, when we look at other countries with better health outcomes and much lower costs, the strategies they employ include investing in public health and prevention as well as negotiating prices with pharmaceutical companies. As a result, as the pandemic tide rises, we are quickly learning the price of running healthcare at full capacity during normal times. However, one sliver of possible good news is that because many of our rural hospitals were built in the post-World War II era and are often larger than what is needed during normal times today, they may be able to provide some much-needed surge capacity across our country. Staffing and equipment may be needed, but in a small state like Maine, with health systems and, other, and others collaborating and with many healthcare practices closed, there are numerous possibilities. It seems ironic that at a time when rural hospitals across the country are financially very vulnerable, a 2019 study showing 21% at risk of closing and two have recently gone bankrupt in Maine, with some creativity and collaboration, they could hold the key to surge capacity in rural areas of our country. Finally, in response to many inquiries about what our hospitals are doing to prepare and respond to the pandemic, Maine Health's communication staff captured some video of their work at Maine Medical Center, our flagship hospital in Portland. I love it since it also captures the extraordinary work that our healthcare heroes are performing during these unprecedented times. It also brings 23,000 of us closer and reminds us of our mission, whether we're working on the front lines, working from home, or working in an otherwise closed building. I hope you take two minutes to watch it. The link is below. Thank you. And please see the original posting for the actual links themselves. 
Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone, and stay safe.